This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today, all the way from Namibia, or as our old president would say, Nambia, um, (laughs) (laughs) I have Shay the goddess Ulinga here, and she is going to tell us how she got started in radio. Shay, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great, Kellen. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, your ex-former president, would say Nambia, um, but I'm so glad that he actually did because otherwise a lot of people would not have searched and looked for us, right? They had to figure out who is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. T- tell us, you have a very interesting story in radio, a unique path, and whether someone's in the United States, Africa, or Asia, they could follow that path to pursue their purpose. So tell us, how did you get started? So I started radio as a volunteer radio presenter for a community radio station, which was at the time known as Katutura Community Radio. Uh, Katutura is a place, it's, it's, it's basically the hood. And um, it's a place where our, 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 our forefathers were, were given by the apartheid era um, in a time to say all black people, this is where you live. Katutura means it's a place where now you found yourself, you know, and basically we did need platforms like community radio stations in order to keep the stories going in order to tell the stories and for a place for the community to be able to engage um, on social conversations, on just dialogue and discourse from everything and giving them a space to air the Something that was not attached to the government, something that was being done for the people, by the people, um, something that was really telling Namibian stories from the people. So it was a great space to start. I felt as a young presenter at the time that I had so much to share because of my experiences. My parents both come from heavy political backgrounds and my mother especially is a human and women's rights activist. So I thought these things that my parents taught me, the tools, the skills and experiences they gave me as a young person I would like to share those with people in my community that did not have the opportunity to go to schools that I did and to travel the world like I did so I thought let me bring these stories to them and inspire them and get them excited about their lives and how they can go about changing and that's where my story really started that was 15 years ago um, I also at some point became the manager for the studio at the time. We call it the studio director. And of course, I was presenting and producing shows, but I also felt the need to really push Namibian culture, especially music um, from the platform that I was on. So during that time, I had built this big network of Namibian artists who trusted me as a presenter to play their music and tell their stories. And that's where that relationship started. To this day, I have built that that work and that archive and that database 
of Nubian arts and culture, um, where I have now created a platform where I'm working now at Tribe Fire Studio. And basically the platform's name is The Tribe. And it's called The Tribe because there was a lot of tribalism happening in Namibia. Uh, tribes were being cornered off. Even the way Katitura is set up, it's like Donkoruk, it's like Vambulokas, it's like where all the Oshuwambo speaking people stay. Then you've got Damarolokasi, which is where all the Damara speaking people stay. And then when you go out into the world and somebody asks you, um, what, what, what nation are you? They're not going to ask you what tribe are you? They don't know what Oshuwambo is or who Oshuwambo is, but our music can be that for us. It can, it, our music is representing us as one tribe. And that's why I call the show the tribe. And it's just been lovely um, ever since 2012 when we started the show on radio. It's now grown on to become part of TV on a weekly basis. And we still continue talking to new Namibian artists, to the fresh talent that's out there and still keep very, very traditional with the olden guys who set the foundation for our music industry way back there and just balance the two out and tell that story. So we're having a lot of fun while we at it. We're having a lot of fun while we at it. No, that's that's awesome to, you know, go from volunteer radio, which I'm sure paid a whole bunch of money. Right. And now to make <laughs> now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now to being able to, you know, um, have this show in the studio and, and to be able to travel, I know, you know, you went to school in South Africa and you can tell the people, you know, any other places you've traveled. But because some folks would say, of course, you went to South Africa. That used to be South Africa. And of, of course, tribalism is a big deal because we know in South Africa, you know, if you don't know 10 languages, you might not be able to speak to, you know, whoever is yeah. out there. Because um, yeah. most people think, oh, if you know Afrikaans or Zulu, you'll be straight yeah. until they go into a different part of the, the, the country. But can yeah. you talk about some of the countries that you went to and what it took to get tribe together? Because were you just handed some money? Did you have to save up your coins? What was the beginning? Yeah. All right. So um, I didn't go to school for radio. I didn't I didn't I didn't study radio production or TV production. This really is just something that came to my door and I said, well, I'm not doing anything right now. So yo, and most of my experiences, most of my, my really self-taught from working in the industry and working in different sectors from the community radio sector into the public broadcast sector and working a commercial radio station now. So most of it has really been self-taught. Um, and then I had to extend. I had to go into other countries to see how media was being done there and how radio especially was being done. Um, I went to, well, South Africa. <clears throat> I attended a few radio management workshops there. I was also a participant on a program called Imagine Africa, where they were sending teams into different African countries to spread the message about and awareness about around HIV AIDS amongst the youth. And such platforms and such opportunities exposed me to other countries youth and what they were doing in terms of production in terms of television so I spent quite a lot of time in SA working with um radio presenters from other radio stations some big big names yo I don't want to drop and I don't want to mention no names but yo some really big names and I had an opportunity to sit down and talk to them on how we can do better South Africa has a mandate 
um, for, for, for broadcast media, that 60% of the content needs to be South African. That includes the music and the 40% is divided amongst the African continents and the rest of the world. And that is one thing that has helped the music and culture industry in South Africa because they took pride. Even the media took pride in pushing the South African story in telling it through those different mediums. And that is why they are so successful in terms of yo being nominated for Grammy Awards because the people love that. The people love their culture and they made sure that they recognized um, through everything that they do. And they made sure that they were the number one star players in telling the world about their story. So we need that attitude. We need that more in Namibia. It's a little bit difficult because we have been, again, in the past, our history is, is, is colonized by, by South Africa, by the Boers. And all our culture seems to somehow have been stolen or borrowed from there. Hence, we speak Afrikaans. We speak fluent Afrikaans. Afrikaans is like you can choose it as a first language in some of our Afrikaans schools here. Um, Kwaito is a South African music genre, but Namibia took it and we made it our own. Makanka is a South African music genre, but our Damara Punch, for example, is so close and related to it. So we have sort of been brother and sister well, in the past, maybe stepbrother, and I don't know, but it just it just influences so much that our culture has sort of also formed in that. Um, <clears throat> I wish I studied at the media training facility for Anglophone African broadcasters, uh, mass bro broadcasters to mass. Um, mass numbers of people and it was for television and for radio. And again, it was so different because in Egypt, most of the media is run by the government. They decide and they choose what the people need to be told. They have a whole center built around media. I've never seen anything like that in any other African country. A whole place where the media is dictated. They've got commercial radio stations that come from the government entity, but it plays a role on its own. Then they've got the government broadcasters. And then all this information that they feed to their masses is coming from this big media government institution. It was crazy because how are you going to dictate to media? Media shapes minds of the futures. How are you going to dictate to media to say to children as they're growing up? How are you going to teach them what you need to talk about? Don't talk about this. And media is a place where we consume information. That's where that is where we are built as a, as, as a society. That is where what's happening in our country, in our spaces is being put out. So no, you cannot, you can try to dictate media, but media finds its own ways of really getting the truth to the people. And more importantly than ever before, it's time now to tune into media because there's so much fake news and fake stories going on and you need to get the correct information, especially during a time like this pandemic to the, at, at the right places. So yeah, it, it, it plays a very big role. Um, being a part of it, even in, in, in Berlin, seeing how art and how media were playing together or using each other's strengths and weaknesses in order to build societies, in order to get the message of the world across to people, to let them just reminding um, big countries like Europe and USA, like you are not alone. There are other continents and they have so much potential that you can certainly work with. So those were the experiences and exchanges that really built um, my foundations and, and, and my experiences. The tribe started because 
Exactly. The problem was the platform, the station that I was at at the time, that I'm currently also still at, 99FM, would say proudly Namibian and proudly African and, and would always brag about how beautiful a country Namibia is, but did not have Namibian content, did not play Namibian music. So my question, obviously, to the manager at the time was, we keep saying we're proudly African, we keep saying we're proudly Namibian, but we are not sharing Namibian stories, we're not even playing Namibian music. And then she told me, if you can get um, numbers on board, well, commercial radio stations, they deal with numbers a lot, for something like this, then we can certainly start having the conversation about creating a space for it, number one, and also spreading that out into the rest of the station, number two. So things came together. And since 2012, the tribe created that opportunity for Namibian artists to now walk into white-owned radio stations and drop their local content there and say, play us, because we are Namibian, we've got a story to tell. And radio stations are looking for the next big space thing all the time. It used to be inspired, it used to be mass of your destiny. Now it's Afropolitan, it's Afrocentric, it's Afrofuturistic. So you cannot be Afrofuturistic and leave Africa behind. Like how are you going to exclude Africa from the Afrofuturistic? So it created a platform for, for Namibians just to shine and Namibian music to tell that story and and also sort of gave like a global gateway, a global entry point for Namibian music. And that I think is the big idea. Um, to get out beyond borders. Well, you yeah. know, most most people, if they start Googling and saying, let me find out more about this country, or maybe some, some know, right? They'll see folks say, oh, your country doesn't have that many people. And then, of course, they show, you know, just um, the pockets, the small pockets where the Germans built, especially if it's Mzungus who did the filming. Right. Because it's not <laughs> us telling the story. We need more um, of us telling our stories. And, and I say us because even if a black American comes there, I know someone who lives there and she's showing how she found her husband there and how she's building. And she's, you know, been a guest on, on platforms of mine. And it's like, we have to tell the story because when we go to Africa yeah. and when the Mzungu goes to Africa or the Chinese go, it's a different view, a lens. I, I remember yeah. taking the um, combi bus it from like Joburg to somewhere, the Monte Casino or something. Yes, I took the yeah. combi bus to the casino. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and I talked to a, a Mzungu who had went around the same time and she was like, oh, you took the big bus? I said, no, I took the small cheap bus because I was actually trying to get, you know, and, and it was like, we saw two different South Africa's and, it, and it's like that, whether you go to Kenya or or if I go to Cameroon, people will say things. And I'm like, what part of the country were you in? Because they mm -hmm. went on a, maybe a mission trip. So I think mm -hmm. we need more stars. And that's why I wanted to connect with you, too, because I have influencers who are looking to connect with Africans to say, hey, I have a big platform. Do you want to be a contributor? I can yeah. pay you. Yeah. You know, and um, we yeah. can make it work and you can also grow your platforms because to grow just the, the what's going on in Africa, we need you to come here as well to expose yeah. the people yeah. and not just yeah. us going there. My fear is yeah. black Americans will come try to colonize Africa because that's what they've been <laughs> taught, you know. Um They've been doing it for years. Black African-Americans have been colonizing. I mean, we, we into I mean, hip hop, baggy jeans, we... Oh. 
Timberlands, we have already been shaped by America in so many ways. And so many Africans have been for such a long time because, you know, we see all the beauty on television. We've been shown this milk and honey land of milk and honey land of opportunities. And so badly, many Africans want to just go and settle and want to live and thrive in America because it's already established. And who did it? African-Americans. Americans did that. We cannot leave until we haven't done something like that for ourselves as Africans, where we can then welcome Black Americans to say, welcome to the motherland. This is the actual land of milk and honey, because here the opportunities are fresh and they are new. And I, and I can understand why it's so important for us to connect as America and Africa, because we've got so much history um, as Black people not just the American black history, but also the African black history they, that needs to link and the two need to come together to tell that whole complete story. There's so many cultural gaps um, that black Americans are missing. And I believe that those cultural gaps and that heritage is here in the African continent. And there's so much that we as Africans can learn in terms of going forward and growing, even with technology, even business and infrastructure that we can learn. And there's no doubt that at some point our paths were supposed to cross and we were supposed to have these interactions and these conversations more and more Americans are falling in love with the motherland. Will Smith is coming in February. Um, he's coming to do the One Big Rock or initiative. I'm not so sure what the name is, but from National Geographic. And he's coming to Namibia. And it's that hunger. It's that having been there all along, having done that, been there, and now looking for something new, perhaps even trying to trace roots, perhaps trying to find that black thing that's missing. And yo, I, I, I can tell you, um, hip hop started here. It evolved there and it's coming back home. The drum started here. It's evolved there. It's coming back home. It's a whole circle of life. And each and every single one of us, we got to play our part. Whatever skills it is that we can share and that we can um, exchange with each other, we need to do that. And thank God for the internet, right? Because now we have the opportunity to sit every day and click of a button, share with you the content that's being created here and vice versa. And it's, it's magical. And I can't wait to see what those engagements and those interactions and those connections can do for us. I, I can't wait to see how that would change even just our technology in our studios, the small room studios that the guys built here to record their music because they're so passionate about it. But if they had a connect that they could work with in terms of getting the best sound quality um, from the States, then yo, why stand in their way? Why not make that happen? You know? De yeah, no, definitely. And, and I, I, I'll push back because hip hop um, and black culture has influence, you know, everywhere. Mm -hmm. But I mean the colonization where black folks come and take advantage of because yeah. my goal, my goal is when black Americans come and with us just being a speck of sand and helping, we brought 30 people last 2019 to Kenya and we, we we're doing these tours all around um, using influencers is that when black Americans come, they come and leave the baggage at home because you're welcomed, but you can't save mm. Africa. What you can do is bring that money, bring that yeah. money, bring your money and invest. But you cannot. Yeah, <laughs> you can't save Africa. Only Jesus saves. So come yeah. with the, the right attitude. And when you said, you know, hip hop starting in Africa, uh oh, that they, I don't want them to get on you like they got on Stanley Ano when he first said that out of Cameroon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, nah. yeah. 
Yo, we can have the conversation. Well, I don't know yo, if yo, the people yo, yo, are ready. Yo. No, they got to pay for that. We got to do like a seminar <laughs> or something. They have I to think. pay for that. Because, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, okay. Wait, we can have that conversation. We can have it on a completely different platform and I hear you. But I must tell you, there's got to be something there. We've got to have an opportunity to trace the roots um, either from there to here or from here to there. I believe it belongs to all of us, though. I believe that hip hop is is for is for us. It's for created by us. It it, it comes from the black from the black skin, and I can tell you that now with confidence. Whether it's Africa or America, it belongs to us either way. Um, I think some your ancestors, the the ancestors of the African American black child today, definitely uh, took a little something with him when they were taken from this land and, and, and definitely shared those cultures and, and put them and then and, and created that space for themselves to thrive there. So yeah, we can have the conversation, but like, it's very important what you said just now about coming to the motherland and not just coming to just come in, yo, whatever coming and actually leaving something behind, coming and no, you won't save Africa. You cannot save Africa, but you can do your part. You can play whatever role that you play as an influencer, as somebody who can change lives, somebody who's in a position to do so. And you can leave just a little bit of that. And I'm telling you that the masses, the numbers of people that you, the lives that you will change um, will reach higher than anything because Africans are ready we are ready to receive and we are hungry for it. And we are open to learn this new ways of doing things. Those structures that have already been put in place in places like America being shared, like that old way of doing things like we could do with anything right now. And I'm sure that everything that you are tired of, you send it back over here. It will be like a fresh beginning for us. Um, there were so many, it was so many different things that used to be um, the focus of, of people when they came to visit Africa, I believe from, from the world. And it was, you know, HIV AIDS was one of the big things, malaria, um, helping with disease and fighting feminine drought. And now it's different. Now people come because of research opportunities. People come because the culture is brand new. The experience of Africa is brand new to the rest of the world. Africa has decided to do her own thing. This new generation of Africans is not looking for handouts. They are using what they have in front of them right now to make it work. And you'll find, you'll come and find those solutions. You'll find that we have found solutions for problems that we experience on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's what's pushing us. That's what's driving us. And we can just get really, really excited about working with the rest of the world to improve ourselves, to make ourselves better and tell our story because that's really what the deal is. That's, it's, it's, it's taking its own natural path. And really that's what's happening. Africa is influencing the world more than ever now today and that's ours that's ours we are allowed to celebrate that we are allowed to milk it for what it's worth because we've created that something that the rest of the world does not have and it's here in the african continent and we want to share it with the rest of the world because africa if you know the culture is that we share i am because you are my neighbor's children or my children cannot survive if the neighbor is not there for us, we're not together, then we're not working because we've always been so, we've always been so, what's the word? Um, in Afrikaans, we call it afgeskip. Afgeskip means like, it's like the unwanted child. It's like, uh, that child is just too much. Let's leave it there. But no, that child has now decided that we found our own voice. 
That child has decided that that child actually has a voice and that voice will be heard whether you like it or not. And the world is moving in that direction. Even Mother Earth, the way she's moving, she's moving for Africa, I, I believe. And, and, and because the rest of the continents have had their chance. Um, they've built Africa for what it's worth and build empires from, from the resources, from, from, from minerals, from Africa. It's Africa's taking her, her own back. It's, she's claiming her power back. And that's what we're all about. We're going to love even more. Um, there's no more that thing of it has to sound like it's a, it's, a, it's a song from America in order for it to play anywhere else. No, it's more now it has to sound like a song from Namibia in order for it to play anywhere else. And that's what the deal is right now. So what what's uh, what's the sound of Namibia? Like what you know, Atlanta has a sound, and for those who are still trying to get over, what do you mean this hip hop in Africa thing? I say just look at your look at Mapuka, <laughs> look at Mapuka, y'all. And if you don't think Mapuka looks very familiar, um, you know, and it started, I can tell you, not in America. So check that out. <laughs> but, but but what is the the, the Namibia sound for artists? Because in America. <sighs> In most of the West, you have to have the sound of the times even to get on radio. So for those artists who say, I'm trying to get on, whether I'm in France or whether I'm in Namibia, what is that sound? Do I have to use the 808? What am I, what am I doing? That's what I, I wanted to tell you. There are, there are instruments, um, the African instruments. You got things like the mbira that's very popular. It's, 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 it's worldwide. Um, your, even a guitar, right? But they're not, they're not a guitar that you'll buy in, 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 in the shop. You, get, you know, you use an oil can. Use an oil can. You cut out a hole in it. You get a wooden plank and you work that on your oil can. And then you get your fish, your fishing line, your fish line. And then you work it and you make a guitar. And you find guys with bottle tops. They're making their own instruments. They've got bottle tops strung on a wire. And that becomes a shaker but it's attached to the drums and he's sitting and he's playing that on the corner in town. He's made that from the village. He's bought that every day and he's sitting there and he's going to play that. And, and we're talking about sounds like it's, it's got nothing. It's, it's got nothing to do with 808s. It's, it's djembes. It's Zambidas, like I mentioned. It's that, it's that self-made uh, guitar, like I mentioned, quite a number of different, different instruments that have a unique sound. I would love to like, for instance, the Damara people, it's about eh, eh, eh. You know what I'm saying? It's about like with the Bushmen, the sun, and and that's it's it's things that are that are linked, interlinked in the different cultures of different tribes of Africa. And sometimes even Kwasa Kwasa, like for us, Kwasa Sukus is from DRC Congo. But because of the travel that it's traveled throughout the African continent, came over to Angola, and it's become a stable here in Namibia. We make Kwasa Kwasa music. We make Sukus Rumba. Um, we create that type of music. And it's because of that influence, that African influence, the, the music traveling. Yo, I, I, more and more now than ever before, when I listen to music especially, artists are moving more back to the traditional sounds um, from way back. We've got, we used to have an artist here called Tatequela. And Tatequela used to do traditional um, contemporary African music in Namibian. That's a pure Namibian sound. It's got that whole, you can even still feel the clips in there, but that guitar again, and then the vocals and, and the chanting and the message. More and more, our artists are moving back to sample from Tatequela and using that in their hip hop tracks today. Um, we've also done this amazing thing where 
an adult can now listen <laughs> to the same hip hop song with their child, you know, because they can recognize this ancient sound in there. And this young person, this new generation can recognize this modern sound in there. So it's sort of, it's, it's, it's again, music bringing people together. It's traditional sounds. It's got nothing to do with the 808s with the, yo, it's just homemade. It's, it's from the claps. It's sitting around the fire, collecting that sound and using that as a, like live sounds that have been made around the fire. And that's one of the juiciest things that if you listen to African music that you'll find that you will find that whole community sitting around that fire in that music, in that song. And that's what makes it so powerful because the stories that are told around that fire, because of the sounds that are created around that fire, unique and never been heard before. And it's, it's pure. It's authentic. And that's what makes it so, you can even feel it in your bone. You know, you listen to African music, you can just, your bones just wanna, just wanna do, move along to the things. It's, it's amazing. It's, and it's a beautiful story. It, it needs to be told over and over. And I want to tell people, you are not just a radio personality, but you know something about music and hitting the stage, too. Oh. I, I can see that on your your Instagram. <laughs> so tell the folks about your musical background. And can that sound be generated in a studio? You you know, or is that something where you need the live the, the, the atmosphere of the fire? Do you, can you get that same sound for you in the studio? Cause you know, like vinyl and digital play very different still to this day. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the sound first, you know, I think, I think the four minutes that you spend creating that song in the studio or, or the, the, the hours you spend creating that song in the studio boils down to about four minutes um, max if we're speaking music. I mean, these days they like to keep it cute. They like to do 20 minutes, two minutes, three seconds, you know, cause they like, they want you to go over back and play the song over and over again. But capturing that, like that's something that's timeless. It's going to last forever. And I believe that in order to capture everything, even the feeling in that song, especially if you want to take it back to the roots, you've got to be there. You've got to be by the people that ambience. You should have some really good sound quality equipment to come and capture that and be able to take that back to the studio and enhance that and give it more life. I believe that you have to be with the people. I don't think that you can recreate that sound in the studio. I just think that there's just so much missing. I think it's just the birds all the, all the that are there in the evening, the, the owls hooting, the, the crickets. I think even that spices that moment and creates that authenticity. Um, uh, what was the other thing that you're talking about? Like, oh, you're not going to run from the music question. You've hit the stage <laughs> So tell okay. us. Okay. All know, right. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. So, 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 um, no, I'm, I'm not an artist. I'm not a musician. Um, my sister is, she's really good. She does, she's recently returned from Spain. Um, she does contemporary African music and she has really done so well in terms of capturing that ancient sound and adding that to this modern twist, right? Um, that, the pictures on my Instagram are from a performance that I did. It was for, for fundraising um, because we have such a big home, ho housing crisis here in Namibia. Um, we have so many people who are living in shacks. And I came on board with a corporate called Namdia to donate 50,000 Namibian dollars. If I performed as Sally Boss Madame, Sally Boss Madame is one of our biggest artists here in Namibia. Uh, she is also uh, an Afrima winner and has been nominated in so many different African music awards. So I felt uh, as a fan, number one, um, as somebody who wants to contribute to giving homes, 
creating shelter for other Namibians, I felt it was so important for me to participate in that. So I actually did a couple of uh, just renditions or just sang along to the live band. It was my first time performing music on stage. I am an MC. Um, I'm a hype man. That's what I do. So I've hosted the likes of Eve here in Namibia. I've hosted Trey Songs. I've hosted Boys to Men was actually one of my biggest gigs. I've hosted P-Square, Davido, Runtown. That's really what my gig is. And yeah, sometimes I break it down. I can get into just hyping along with the people, having a good time. Sometimes I do look like an artist while I'm out there. But no, I don't sing. <laughs> I was doing Sally Boss Madame songs um, for charity. And I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. I loved the experience of working with a live band. That was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. I, I take uh, so much respect for artists, um, for live performers, so much, a newfound respect after that experience. So I want to say thank you so much to, to, to the corporate MTC as well as Namdia for doing that and for challenging us as personalities to go out there and challenge ourselves in that space. Otherwise I'm just your average everyday hat man. I'm just your little Miss Sunshine, your, I got your goodies. I'm going to bring it to them every morning on the radio, 6 to 9 a.m. Yeah, that's my gig. That's what I do. <laughs> all, all right. I, I'd love to see the, the video of that because it seems like I'll, you were. Yeah. I'll send you the link. I did well. I didn't do bad. I think um, I, I got a lot of props from the peeps who were watching online. They were like, yeah, no shit. You could, you could easily pull it off. I was like, yeah, I've been watching them for years. So I, I'll definitely, I could, I could, I could, I could probably put, put a couple of bars together. Yeah, I think I might be able to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, why not? You, you know, <laughs> I, I always think about, I think about this being a creative. What happens when the next, the, this gig ends and the next gig begins? And, yeah. and I think, you know, when you do something for so long, I get worried about being comfortable because yeah. it was not easy to get here. People thought I was crazy. Viacom thought yeah. I was crazy. Oh, you know, and so I'm always thinking, what's the next thing? Because entertainment, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's nowhere. Is it predictable? So what is your backup plans? How do you, you know, or how do you even put yourself in the mind frame to be like, this is what I do. While other people have to clock into a boring office, they don't get to get on stage. They don't get to get together and hype up, you know, P square, please y'all brothers yeah. come back together. Don't let the money and uh, the wives <laughs> split you, uh, um, you know, but yeah, how do you, how do you deal with that? Um, you know, it's what they've always said. They said this about radio and they say it about women, especially in the media industry that it has a shelf life, that um, it's only till a certain age, it's only till a certain point that you can actually really do this. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to let the world know the radio is not going anywhere, especially not where I'm from. Radio still plays a very important role in getting information across and educating people, especially in our rural communities. Um, we're currently experiencing some heavy rains and thunder showers and um, it, radio is one of the means that people use to communicate like people need to tune in to be in tune with what's happening around them so radio it, I don't believe it, there's so much you can do you can grow from being a presenter you start presenting you produce you can go into the tech you can go into the music department of things you can become you can start going into the business um, part of things so there's definitely a chance in so many other different roles that one can take on, especially in radio. For myself, though, again, I come back to where I, I started. 
for me, I feel I have so much that I can share with my peers and with anybody who has dreams and wishes and aspirations of becoming radio producers, content developers, uh, creatives in that space and telling stories on those platforms. I think that there's just so much more that we can learn as a community in terms of the radio fraternity here in Namibia, media fraternity especially. We can up our skills in terms of presenting content, producing Namibian content. Um, we need to create a safe space for radio presenters and to be able to get those equal pays, to be able to be recognized by the law, uh, to be able to take that public holiday uh, as, as somebody who works and, and is contributing to the GDP of this country. So my job is not done here. I believe I have set my foundation and I have built trust with my listeners and to clients and corporates that I've worked with and also with radio stations. But my job now is to take everything that I have learned and share that with the next Shay, the goddess of the airwaves, to share that and create other Tashias and develop um, the skills in there because this is the place where we can really have discussions and talk and engage on a one-on-one -on -one basis um yo so many things have advanced for radio it's become so much more digital it's not even a you don't even have to have a presenter for radio these days anymore but in Namibia we need a platform where we can openly discuss things where we're not controlled um, by government where we have independent institutions that are telling the other side of the story and more and more it seems to be growing stronger and stronger each and every single day and I want to contribute in the long run to that by either pre presenting uh, facilitation workshops master classes and I'm currently doing that already mentoring other radio personalities who want to become MCs who want to double up as TV presenters, who want to be able to script, to write, to, to, to tell that story and, and be able to do so on those platforms and using the skills and as well as the tools and the tips and the tricks for those particular uh, platforms, you it, 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 it becomes a different story when you tell the story on television. Um, it's the same story, but that's when it was for radio and that one now becomes for TV. So being able to differentiate and being able to create for those platforms. So I think my job is, is it's beginning now and um, pretty soon I'll be going out to different community radio stations where I'll be giving workshops on presenting on radio, on writing for radio, on being able to take your radio content, developing that into television content, and also developing that into social media content. So really that's where we're going because we need to be able to create, we need, I, I'm going to leave someday. Eventually um, I'm not going to be an on-air presenter anymore, but you want to leave people who will still be able to do the job, who will be able to tell the Namibian story, who are still passionate, who want to be in those spaces because there are children and generations to come that will still need a platform for information. In Namibia, we didn't have online online learning and online traditional education there's no there was no such thing there was no such platform i'm sure that when you look at the states you will find them everywhere which makes homeschooling so much more easier we don't have that here during the covid-19 pandemic as parents we had had to create content or rather find a space for our children to still continue going to school and that was on tv the place where i work one africa tv created an on 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 a t on, on tv learning platform an e-learning platform for children now it's the first of its kind in Namibia. It's the first of its kind. You don't find that. So yes, we are so behind. We have so much more that needs to be done. And we got our work cut out for us. And we have to, somebody's going to do it. And if it's us, it's going to be us. And if it's our responsibility, then yes, you cannot fail the next generation. You cannot fail this generation. There's just so much more that we need to hand over. And we need to start doing that now.
So that's my deal. My deal is my story with radio is not a shelf life. Radio does not have, it, it, will, it will continue. It will find many different forms and shapes and find many different ways of doing it, but it will still be radio. It will still be relevant. It will still be important. And it's my job to make sure that when I'm done, somebody else is able to take over the reins and become that makeshare goddess. And I can comfortably step aside and say, yo, we did it. Um, until well, then, I'm really happy. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you, homeschool and and my two are getting ready now as i i watch them uh you know get their breakfast together it hasn't been easy with, for anybody who's has <laughs> let me ask you because you tapped yeah. into it um what is your community give back that you are doing or maybe one that you want to do in the future? Because you just said a whole, you know, mouthful of mentoring the, the younger folks. But what is that community give back maybe even for the future? You see, that's the thing. Like, I think because my career started at a community level uh, and because I come from a community, a marginalized community, I believe that that's just it. Like, I think developing our community every single chance that we can get any single way possible. Um, and I think I've been doing it already since starting at a community radio station, my presenting mindset, my, my way of going about telling these stories is always from a community angle. What happens to the guy on the street when this changes? How is that affecting? How does Biden becoming president in the USA affect our Johannes here on the street in Namibia? And it's my responsibility to be able to translate that into a two minute, 30 second link for that guy to understand everything I have always done is always centered about how do we start developing where, what do we need to do? If we can get the guy who is suffering every day, who doesn't have a job tuned in to be on the same page with us, that's, that's how you, how do you catch that guy? How do you sell him the story? How do you tell him the story? So I believe that everything I've always done, starting at a community radio station has always been with a community mindset. It's always been with developing the community, giving growth to the community, telling the story in such a way that that guy will also understand it. And there's just so much more that we can do. The thing is, we need to unite organizations, NGOs, institutions that are working to develop the community need to use platforms like radio in order to be able to reach out and, 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 and touch base with that guy. There's such a big, vast difference. You've got tea and coffee in the mornings that you can actually afford. And the guy on the street is trying to find out where he's going to get his next slice of bread from. And we need to bring those two together to be able to have the conversation. How can the guy who can afford tea and coffee every morning help develop and create and structure the guy who's worried about his next meal? How can we create that conversation, a platform? How can we present it for them to have the conversation? And that is the challenge that we face every day. It's about corporates coming on board. It's about the community. It's about individual society wanting that, wanting the better for the guy who can't have better. It's about my responsibility. So Shay, you came up out the hood. Now you live out there. What are you doing to help the next guy come out of the hood? And that's where the whole thing starts. It starts exactly there. You cannot do and make decisions for people who are in the community in rural areas if you don't know their story. 
you have to sit down and be with that guy, you know? So that's really, I think, where it starts for me and, 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 and how it goes. It's about, it's, that's the beginning. Everything that we do, you got to start there. Uh, it's, it's from the roots. That's where it begins. And then you work your way up. Um, that's just what it is. So uh, to answer your question, really, there's nothing we can't do without the community. We got, it's where we're beginning. It's where we start identifying the problems there, finding the solutions there and building minds and, and futures that can, at the end, again, look at the community and find solutions um, for them. So really, that's, it's all about the people. At the end of the day, it's all about the people. Well, it being about the people, what I see worldwide, especially in corporate America, is corporate is never hit. They're never on, you know, the cutting edge. They're always behind. And I, I tell my my father-in-law, who is, you know, that that's that's my buddy. I say, please, you've retired from your prominent position. Can you please have some of your colleagues retire? They don't get this internet thing. They do, they're looking at things that are numbers in the old way. And by the time they understand what streams are, it's too late. Are you seeing in Namibia that the either it's easier and they're letting the youth lead with ideas since the future is ours or is it well we still have we've done it like this for 20 years so we're going to continue to do it like this that's our problem exactly the fact that it's been done like that for 20 years and they continue doing it like that for 20 years um that's our problem we haven't had the we we, we haven't had that whole thing where youth are are confidently and with confidence handed over to in order to take away from there with uh, engaging new technologies and the way that they do things today. Politically, it's not happening. Socially, it's not happening. Economically, it's not happening. Um, it's a struggle. It's a power struggle right now. The youth are loud. They are roaring. They are tired of the excuses, they're tired of not growing. They're taking the streets, they're taking the lead now. They're saying, we are ready, give it to us. And the old guys are still like, we don't trust you. We don't think that your values have boiled you enough to bring you here. We don't trust you to give you all these funds because you might wanna go and buy that new iPhone, whatnot. We don't trust you. That's exactly what's happening. They have not handed anything over to the youth yet. What they would do instead is they would choose and this is politically aligned, like the politics runs a lot of things in Namibia. Uh, yo, um, we just recently had our, in November last year, our local authority elections. Uh, this is now to choose a town, a town council, choose a mayor for the town, to choose the people who will start deciding for your community. And for the first time, um, we've had a radical activist. His name is Dr. Job Amupanda. And he's, he's, come from the, he's come from the big political party, the ruling party, he came from there, he's, he came with that background. But I believe that at some point he also realized they're not really giving a chance to the youth. And he decided to create his own radical movement with land grabs and really ruthlessly, like straightforward in your faces to the elderly, here's the truth, here's what we found out, what's the deal? And then he has lobbied many Namibian youth and empowered and encouraged and given them a voice so much so that they feel confident now to be able to stand up and go and elect him as the mayor for the capital city of Libya, which is Ventuk. And Job has changed so many things. Like he is proving to the elderly, to the leaders before us that 
if you give youth a chance, this is how things will change. And he's also proving to the younger generation that if they give us a chance, this is how we will change things. And I think that is becoming more and more of a culture amongst us. More young women are standing up and speaking up about their sexual rights. Um, more and more women are standing up and speaking up about SGBV in our community. More and more young men are coming to the table to have those conversations and those discussions because somebody somewhere is showing them that, yo, it's our time. And if you don't speak up now, then there's no opportunity to ever speak up in the future. And every single thing that we are doing now now is shaping and shifting our future. So we can't, you cannot wait for the future. You got to do the work now. And only now, I tell you now, only now, Kaylin, that's what's happening right now. That's where we are as, as Africa as a whole as well. Bobby Wine, who was a dancehall reggaeton artist in, 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 um, in Tanzania, is it Tanzania, Uganda? One of the two, I'm not so sure, but he is currently running for president. He's the youngest. He's a dancehall artist, right? You'd think all the older people are thinking, what does he know? He's going to come and rule us with the words of Bob Marley. No, the man is a young man that has gone through the struggles and the poverty of every single young person in that country. And he is shaping and shifting the future right now. And he's bringing all the youth along with him. And that is powerful. That is something that all other African countries need to start making room for young people to step in in those leadership positions, in those roles of changing. Um, your question was about, yo, in, in, in America, it's hard for the white guy to, to, to old, the old white guy to get down or old guy, whatever, whoever he is, the guy who's running stuff. And it's, actually, it's exactly the same. I don't know, is it like a, it's like a global thing? That, um, it's a no. This is a global that, thing that has nothing to do thing? with with race because wherever you are, and you know, yeah. we there's certain countries and people I can talk about because of um, some of my my ties, and, but I'll say for Cameroon, you know, Paul Bia must go. He should have gone a long yeah. time ago. A Any long lead- time ago. Any leader yeah. who's been in their office for over 20 years in politics, wherever you are, Nancy Pelosi, wherever you are, should go. I have to watch my words wisely, um, but it, <laughs> but it's it, it's very it, it. We could go on and on for that. And that, you guys, is what makes a good storyteller. Shay, I want to talk to you off air about some things and some opportunities that I'm thinking of. For yourself, oh, myself, so cool. and everybody else. But I don't want to give them a game overload. So you guys, Shay's links will be in the description box. You know, if you have some questions that you think you can connect, don't ask anything stupid. <laughs> but, you know, reach out. She's very, you know, knowledgeable and very easygoing. And we will leave them with that. Shay, do you want to leave them with anything? I just want to say I'm so excited to see how we will connect as worlds. I am so excited to show um, the world our Africa, my Namibia. Um, we've got so much pride here. We've got so much passion and, and so much potential. And um, don't ever doubt our numbers because I don't think the numbers mean anything. What matters is that there are people here in the space. What matters is that there are stories here in this space. What matters is that as human beings, eventually we will connect. And it's just about how we receive that connection and how we take it a step further. And I want to thank you um, for the platform, 
Mr. Coleman. I want to I want to say thank you so much for giving an opportunity for Africa to speak to show your peers and and your connections to show them that there's something happening there and we need to tap in and and creating a platform such as this to be able to tell our story. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for um, your audience for tuning in and keeping this going for giving you a reason to do this every day. Thank you so much for bringing me out here. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to tell this Namibian story. I can't wait to brag about it and show it to you physically and just um, let the world know that we're out here and we, we are busy. We're working. Don't sleep on us now. <laughs> Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifiedgame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.